We are here. We recording, KP? Man, we are recording, guys. Welcome to Project Mindset, the most uplifting podcast on the planet, episode 25. I am your host, Kevin Sturdivant, a.k.a. Coach Kevion. Man, let's get inspired today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for posting. Thank you for being awesome. Such awesomeness is represented today with my dude, D. Murthy. D, I've known, I've known for about 20 years now since kind of the beginning of my entry into the streetwear industry with LRG and, and seeing what, what they were doing with their brand, 5-4, pop-off. And this is the ultimate story of overcoming adversity. This is like, this is the art of the pivot right here of how D put everything he had as a 21-year-old into this brand called 5-4 and like so many people, this new thing that we were not expecting happened called the recession. More than 50% of brands in our industry and in, in, in the streetwear, skate industry that were existing and thriving prior to the recession are now gone. How and why did the recession end up being the thing that took his brand to a whole other level, as well as create a launching pad for multiple other brands. Well, today, today you're gonna find out. This is so much more about who D is rather than, than what actually happened with his business because at the core of any business, there's leadership. There's an individual or a group of individuals that are really thinking in a way that causes them to overcome adversity and break through. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Let's get inspired out of our minds. Meet my good friend, D. Murthy. Man, we're here in the HQ. I'm not sure if we're doing short story long right now. We're doing group chat. We're doing detour. We're doing project mindset. Pick a, pick a, pick a podcast. Pick download a pod. it. Yeah. Man, thank you for taking the time, dude. Yeah, my pleasure. I know you're busy. I'm busy. It's great that we can do this. Well, I've known you for a while. Well, I think we kind of knew of each other for probably two decades. Yeah. To that, right? Definitely since uh, LRG days, yep. for sure. Yeah, man. And just to kind of go straight into it, right? Like you, right out of USC, started 5'4", 2002. Mm -hmm. That was a definitely a new boom of streetwear and the energy and like Fairfax is starting to get going around 04-ish, right? Mm-hmm. To go straight into it, when did you hit the wall with 5-4? What happened and what pushed you through it? So to answer that question, I would say there are two walls we hit. Yeah. The first wall is starting. Our mm. first magic show, August 2002, just graduated college, 21 years old, wow. about to turn 22, had $5,000 of credit on my credit card, paid for my booth, my partner borrowed some money from friends. We go out to Las Vegas. We had heard LRG did well at their first show. <laughs> Drunken Monkey had done well at yeah. their first show. I was like, oh, we're going to be rich in That's it. four we days. Kill it. We wrote three orders wow. in four days. Three orders. Three orders. What was like the total of those orders? 7,000. You're up too. Yeah. Take well, to the blackjack table. Ironically, I didn't have enough money to pay. I didn't know there was other fees associated Damn. with the booth, like building After it. After taxes, you're yeah. negative. Oh, we were negative. My mom Damn. flew to Vegas to buy us food and no pay way. for the last bill. Wow. And so that was the first 
challenge, which okay. is day one, off to, off to the races. But we had very little to lose. So I, I, I don't want to say that was my true wall. Yeah. Because I was like, what am I going to lose? 10 grand? Yeah. At the end of the day, like I put five on a credit card. I put another three on another credit card. So it wasn't that. Now, this wasn't actually one of my questions, but now I'm curious about it. You know, you you went to USC. Did you get a lot of like flack from your family of clothing company, you know, or were they, was your family pretty supportive of what you wanted to do? They were shockingly very supportive, yeah. especially being like immigrant family, work hard. My father engineer, mother was right. a, owned a small business. And so they were actually quite supportive given mm -hmm. that. And they were like, give it a shot. If it fails, right. you got to get back to yeah. work, go to school again, do something. Yeah. And of course, the first time we go out and do something, it's a colossal failure. It's a bomb. It's a bomb. Damn. And so I think at that point we were devastated, but the consequences were very low. Mm. So we were like, "What are we really losing here? Let's just keep going." Right. The why, were, why were the consequences low? It's because it was we were so young. Okay. And the way I viewed the world at that point is that at 21, 22 years old, I can take the most amount of risk in my life right now because yeah. I'm attached to nothing. Right. I was living at home with my parents. I had no rent. I took every last penny I had and threw it in and gave this thing a shot. And I said, what's the worst case? I, go get, I, I was still a college graduate. Right. I got decent grades. Like I, get, I would get you a figure job. Figure something out. Yeah, I'll figure yeah. something out. And so I was like, I don't really have, like, what's the worst? I, I just pile up some credit card right. debt. Yeah. And then really... But you kept going. I kept you going. You bombed. You wrote three orders. Yeah. You didn't even break even. <laughs> no. Right? Was there a level of, like, on the drive home, right? Sad. <laughs> Just bummed? It was 112 driving back in Vegas in a U-Haul. In a, in a we were yet to unpackage our booth. I was driving uh, by myself that day. Damn. And it was like, this is going to be hard. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, when you think of fashion... You think of glitz and glamour, especially when people are out there killing it, killing it, you know? especially when you saw young people yeah. like LRG, right. who wasn't you know around our age, and yeah. I was like, damn, they're doing it, yeah. And we just didn't do it, and we realized this is going to be a grind, mm. and we better get started. And so, because that that and, and I I wanted to say there's two walls, yeah, because the real wall. Was 2007. 2007. So five years later. Five years and that's later. That's usually that mark, right? Like you make it, they say you make it five years in your business. That's that make it or break it point. We were doing incredible at the beginning of the year. Okay. We got into every department store. We're in Macy's, Nordstrom. 2006, we started getting. 2007, we got rolled out. Wow. By the end of 2007, the world was falling apart. Damn, it's crazy. And in 60 yeah, the days. the chains were getting tucked in. Yes. At the end of 08, <laughs> those chains were getting sold. <laughs> sold. And all of a sudden, we went. We were all doors, all these huge, all doors, meaning we were in every single store of these national retailers. Yeah. Our business was growing with millions of dollars. I had denim orders for 100,000 units. And all of a sudden, one day, I get a phone call from a retailer, The Buckle. And it was tens of thousands of units and they're like oh you guys are a little late so we're gonna have to cancel everything Damn. and i was like no we're not we're gonna ship today it's gonna right. be on time and they're like did you send the sample i was like yeah they're like oh you know what the side stitching is a little golden brown uh more than we usually accept so we're gonna have to cancel so i was i realized what it was there's nothing to do with anything right. except the world was falling apart Damn. everyone was canceling orders everyone was 
not paying us. So now in a scenario like that, for the, for the listeners to grasp, you have 10,000 orders, right? Did they already, uh, did you already make that product? It was, it was sitting in our warehouse. Way? It was on the way. And they returned it. They bounced it. Oh, and you're talking every customer bounce, yeah. not just them. It, within 30 days, every week, every day I got a call. I'm going to have to cancel that. I'm going to have to bounce that because we weren't the hottest brand. Sure. So you, weren't, you didn't give a shit about us. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my God, we, it's over. Wow. And we owed all our, our factories because we were really good at building relationships with them. Everyone gave us credit. Right. Our factories gave us credit. Everyone locally gave us credit. Man. We were well-liked guys, and we owed millions of dollars. Now, I'm, And I'm curious, too, like looking back at that time, right, how, how did you feel – 2006 right you're you're in it like at the peak how high of an of a peak because where you're at now we'll get to that in, yeah. a, in a bit but at that point where you like oh six before the shit happened were you like damn i'm killing it yeah i copped an aston martin <laughs> you know i was i was doing it big i was yeah. what 25 26 at the yeah. time popping bottles at clubs <laughs> i was the man yeah and i felt invincible wow and I was like, we were, uh, we were beloved by Macy's right. and Nordstrom's and the Buckle. We were going every week to them and they were buying more product, yeah. buying denim, buying our full collection. We were thinking about footwear. We were thinking about retail right. stores. We were, you know, we thought we were the next Ralph Lauren. Yeah. Wow. And then in 12 months, the rug got pulled underneath us. And that was the all-time all scariest year of my life in 2008. Was there a moment in particular that you remember? Yeah. That was like the moment. Yeah. So we, uh, our investors, so we got our first set of investors 12 months before the world fell apart. Damn. And we literally lost all their money within wow. a year. And all these uh, vendors are screaming, yelling, we need your money, like cursing at us, faxing us like threats it was the craziest thing because in china they would just fax this <laughs> stuff like give me my yeah. money like there was and i understood everyone wanted their Damn. money just faxing as a middle finger sign <laughs> the, the world's first emoji with the yeah. marker <laughs> and so one day this vendor of ours was based locally but made in china just kind of was harassing us to another level so we had a little bit of money to play with that we had received a check from one of our customers right the so, last customer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the last customer. And we go, my brother, I'll never forget this. My brother, Andres, my mm -hmm. business partner, my brother is our CFO to this day still. We go to the Four Seasons. We're like, you know what? If we're going to make big, big dick decisions, yeah. we got to go have a big <laughs> dick lunch. <laughs> so, so we go blow $200 Sick. on a lunch. And we sit there, like literally scribbling on a napkin. Wow. We're like, what are we going to do here? Yeah. We have only... I don't know how many, at that point, maybe we had 200 grand left. Wow. And we were like, okay, who do we pay? What do we do? Right. And we start kind of putting together what was the plan to pay these people. Mm. And, you know, it was really, really tough uh, for me because I was dealing with sales and I was just getting hammered. My brother probably had it the worst because he was dealing with everyone we owed yeah. money to. My, bro my partner had to deal with all the factories. And, you know... We were just like, there's no conceivable way we're ever getting out of this. Wow. Because we had so much money owed, 
and there was no sales. Yeah. Literally, the sales were just getting canceled by That's the day. That's wild. Millions of dollars, and we're like, we just lost all our sales. Like, yeah. how are we getting out of this? And we, and this is an amazing piece of advice that when you get into the the hardest days, we went, got just yelled, go to the Four Seasons. Yeah, go to the Four Seasons, <laughs> blow all your the money. Last on of a, your money. They have like a beautiful buffet on Sundays. Um, that's what but, you call act as if. Yeah. You're like, no, no, we're good. Yeah. And so we we end up uh, going to every single person we owed money, offered them a payment plan by most standards, which is ridiculous. Right. Like there were people that we owed like $500,000 to, and we said we'll pay you like two grand a week. Damn. Which you're talking five years. Right. And we're like, there's nothing we can do. This yeah. is all we can afford. Wow. And pretty much everyone accepted it. Because we were like, we're not trying it. to screw you. It's just going to And You know, legally, we were making our best efforts right. to pay. Yeah. Because if you sued us and the court's like, this guy's paying you every week. He's like, doing what he can. Yeah. And like, yeah. we don't have any more money. If we have the money, you give it right. to you. It was funny. Even when our business finally took off again, Years later, we were still paying these guys. Wow. <laughs> They're like, you, you're doing okay now. Yeah. But we just kept it on the payment yeah. plan. But like, that was a moment where it was unclear how we were going to get out of this. But we just took it day by day, week by week. We did, we had to do things like we cut everyone's pay by a quarter by giving Fridays half day. Wow. Which became the most fun year of yeah. our life because by one o'clock we were out all over town getting hammered, like having <laughs> fun. We were in Venice every yeah. Friday just having the time of our life. But you looked for the answer. Yeah. That's what I took from it. What yeah. did you do? You looked for the answer where I think when you're in the midst of the storm and you can't see where your your way your way out, you're just looking at the storm. You're not looking for you know what? What's on the other side of it? You're yeah. not looking for the answer. You're just focused on the problem. And yeah, it looks and like you guys really did your best to say, okay, what is the a solution here? What can we do? Yeah, and I think in most cases, most people, entrepreneurs, executives get so overwhelmed. Yeah, and we had staff that couldn't handle it. They're just like, we're out of here. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't want to be here when the ship sinks. Mm. But I think the ability to just go and, you know, have the, those ugly conversations and say this is all we can do yeah we can't do any better you got you have to stick with us or you're not getting your money that's good man it's like that quote one of my favorite quotes is when you focus on your problems your goals disappear focus on your goals and your problems disappear yeah that's when, powerful when we're in the middle of it we have to keep looking like okay yeah what is the goal here yeah or a lot of times you just have to leave the thing entirely. Mm -hmm. Like they say, you know, you can't solve a problem with the same kind of thinking that got you into it. Yeah. You, ha you have to just leave the thing mm -hmm. for the time being, get your energy in a different space. And many times when you come back to the problem, it actually fixes itself. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So my next question is very, very important. What's it like being rich and famous now? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. What's it like, D? You know, rich is a relative term. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, famous, I love. Yeah, what's it? I mean, you're, I you're love dodging fame. paparazzi. It's crazy. You're come out, you come out to Huntington Beach. There's cameras <laughs> everywhere. You're in my area. You know, what, you know what's uh, the most exciting thing of success is, like, if you can actually take a moment to take a step back, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is what it was all for. 
Right. And yes, the the perks of uh, success are living, getting the material things. Um, and I obviously started all this content and all this stuff to raise my profile. Right. And partially because, you know, two, three years ago, we were considering a fundraise, a very large amount of money. Yeah. And I walked into every big private equity company on earth and not one person had heard of our company or heard of us. And we were doing v a lot of revenue. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, we're completely irrelevant. And we live in, uh, excuse my language, star fucker world. Right. And I was like, oh, I gotta change the script. Interesting. This, they literally buy the hype. The richest, most powerful private equity companies on earth are like a kid standing in line for sneakers. So the although the volume was there over the last couple years, yeah. the personal brand and the, the, the outer message about the brand wasn't yeah. there. And so you weren't getting, yeah. you feel like that had something to do with not getting those. Absolutely, because we weren't validated by press because we thought press was stupid. Mm. Wouldn't you rather see a, two, two co-founders focus on their business? All they care about is work, never yeah. in the spotlight. We were focused entrepreneurs for so long because yeah. that's what we thought the financial community wanted. Right. And we're sitting down with these, you know, the most well-known firms and they're like, oh, we've never heard of you. And I'm like, does that matter? Does shouldn't it matter that we built a really good business? Right. It's working. Yeah. yeah. And apparently the, the, uh, the other stuff matters equally as much yeah. because it is like th the hype is it's just it goes with whatever you do right. you know like if you're selling uh tacos you gotta have the hype if you're selling sneakers you gotta have the hype if yeah. you're selling your business you gotta have the hype well and what's interesting too kind of watching it is like when you first started when i first started to see you i, I it seemed just different because yeah. i knew who you are but you'd, you'd never i'd never seen you yeah. out there and now that i look at it like if there weren't if d weren't out there it'd be like something is missing yeah because you it's it's you i feel like your personality has really come out in all the different things that you guys have been doing what's what's uh my friend eric deluxe yeah. you know as well he said you know what's crazy he's like you're exactly the same exact person there's just a camera on you now <laughs> no one was listening to me before <laughs> until i had a camera yeah. but that's what it's about that's why i went on this journey is because i couldn't believe at the highest level that your uh brand as a a personal brand mattered right and i didn't think that was ca the case mm. i thought all that mattered was execution wow and when i found that out and i was like oh shit yeah so now looking at it it's been 16 17 years this is year 17 wow what, what do you think are some of the qualities you have that that made it all work when you look at your dna right what makes you your 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 mind your soul? What do you think are those without being humble, right? Like, what are your qualities, dude, that made this work? Out of all the brands out there that make that push through the recession, five four, and yeah. now the new brands that you've yeah. created in Menlo and New Republic, you know, what do you think made all that work? So I think there's a couple things. One is very disciplined. Mm -hmm. You know, even when we were doing well, we were doing poor. To me, I'm I'm kind of old school when it comes to I feel like I have to show up to work at the exact same time. Yeah. Every single day. Even to this day, if I'm like a little late, I feel the guilt. Mm. And I remember when I was in college, one of my professors always used to say, 
50% of your success is just showing up, yeah. right? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to always show up to play. I don't know when I'm going to get the call, yeah. but I will show up. Awesome. And I think to this day, that discipline has not changed. I still like, like my partner will joke you like, you're like a factory worker. Yeah. And I just am like, that's just in my DNA. I can't help it. I can't show up. To late. show up and do the work. Do the work. Yeah. Um, the other thing is patience. Mm. It's, I don't expect things to happen overnight. Right. And I know that change takes forever. I used to be very impatient when we started and I used to get frustrated by being impatient. And then that would affect my mood and affect my mood. Yeah. Like it was a bad, I was a bad leader, bad entrepreneur, all those types of things. So patience is something you've learned. Yeah. I would yeah. say that I've gotten, I was always a patient person. I've gotten now business patient. Got it. Where I don't expect things, things we start today to give any ch chance of success yeah. in the short term because it's not realistic. Right. You know, anything that happens that fast goes away that fast. And so that part of the business, I've become extremely, that characteristic is like completely embedded in, in our entire business now. We're very patient. And then I think there's no ego when it comes to how we make money. Tell me a little bit more about that. So we started as a streetwear brand. Okay. For all intents and purpose, we weren't that successful of a streetwear brand. We we grew our business. Yeah. But during that same time period, other people's, when we were dying, their business grew. Right. That means we we weren't that hot of a brand. Mm. That means we didn't create the right good enough product for that market. Yeah. We didn't resonate with the customer like those other brands did. Right. LRG. Yeah. Um, and so we realized that wasn't us, and we had to do what was more innate in us. Yeah. And we changed the look completely of our brand from a streetwear brand to t what, what it is today, which is, you know, kind of men's contemporary. Yep. Just the basics. Yeah. But you were definitely groundbreaking in the subscription game. Yes. I mean, in streetwear, whatever you want to call it, was there anybody before you guys that did that? No, I mean, w in the subscription, there was literally one other subscription concept on the internet period when we started. And that's w that was our inspiration. Wow. It was a business called Shoe Dazzle. Yeah. Which was a shoe subscription for women that Kim Kardashian was the face of. Damn. And that was 2011, 2012 wow. is when we, we met that business. And we were like, oh, this is interesting. Because at that point, we actually had three retail stores. Okay. And struggling. Retail wow. for men, like 30-year-old men, retail yeah. is a terrible business. Yeah. Because they don't shop. They're not going to go so to the store. that's just a big bill. That was That's just a, an expensive billboard. That was just a big rent, yeah. tough business. And we were like, okay, so we did wholesale. That wasn't working. Traditional e-commerce was not working. Right. Retail was not working. Damn. We we're like, what else is left? Right, right. So discipline, patience, and no ego in terms of how do you make this thing work? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? And, and I don't want to discount the fact that uh, – we aren't creative because I definitely think we are creative. Yeah. But if our creativity isn't the right way, mm. we will try something else. Okay. It's not like I will do this. Um, if it doesn't work, everyone can F off. No. Like if it didn't work, that means it wasn't a good idea. Right. It's time to pivot. Yeah. Well, that kind of answers my next question because my next question was what is your secret formula? Yeah. But that breaks it down right there. It's yeah. patience, discipline, lack of ego. Yeah. You know, and – um, what's the word for what you just said, right? When you're going to continue chipping away at like 
solution yeah solution oriented i think it's constantly pivoting yeah. and, and that's what it is it's like in creative businesses people all feel like if they have to change their uh they're uh not authentic or they're giving up their creativity because yeah. the business model you know doesn't allow them to be creative or whatever that might be and i think that's a wrong attitude because if you truly want your vision to last you're gonna have to evolve with the industry yeah. and today like we our business exploded because facebook and instagram ads were cheap wow that's it simple don't believe what everyone else tells yeah. you why. I, you can name every hot e-com right. direct-to-consumer startup. Every single one of them only exploded because Facebook and Instagram ads were cheap. Wow. If they're still here today, that means they've evolved to a true brand and a true brand message yeah. that has allowed them to stay around. Everyone else will go out of business or has gone out of business. That's crazy, dude. That's amazing. So what keeps you inspired these days? Uh, you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, you know, when, when you're about to have a child, everyone always says like, it's going to change your life. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I understand. Yeah, you're supposed to stay home and take care of your kid, you know, yeah. all those things. And I, literally it's like instant. Right. And I, I try to now say it to other people, but I was like, you know what? I don't even want to tell you. I want you to just experience <laughs> it when it happens because that has changed my entire perspective like the reason when i How was is your son now he's 17 months wow and i had always wanted to be rich successful mm -hmm. have all these nice things when i was in my 20s yeah and now i have no desire for anything except provide my family with the best possible life you know you look at that stroller sometimes other people have you're like damn my stroller's high. yeah <laughs> the rolls someone said someone sent my wife this crazy stroller yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're in the mall over the weekend and i saw these other parents like looking at our stroller yeah exactly it just changes your whole like uh i don't know view of life yeah and now it's like oh this is my purpose now. Well, I think what it is 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 it, for the the very first time we're really living outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not about us. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. not about like what I want. And even now, I'm working. I wor literally worked the hardest I've ever worked in yeah. my life last year, and a part of me is guilty mm. because I was like, yes, it's probably best for our business, best for our future. But is it worth sacrificing the time with him Straight in up. these precious moments? Yeah, and I don't know the answer to that question. That it's probably a balance somewhere in the middle, but like, it's kind of like when I travel, I feel like, ugh, this is guilt. Is it gonna be worth it? Is it worth yeah, it to miss sure. these moments? Like, he, I came back after three days, and he's saying words that he didn't yeah. say before, and I was like, damn it, yeah, yeah. I missed that. That's what got. That's why I got sober. You know, mm -hmm. I never felt like I was an alcoholic or I had a problem. It was just that when I would be coming home and I would be hungover or whatever, the 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 value of what I gained wasn't worth the energy that I lost. Yeah, and this shit just stopped adding up. It's yeah. like this doesn't add up anymore. Absolutely, and yeah. it's so hard. You know, even. Like, we don't like going out. Sorry to guilt trip you as you just caught back from the yeah. Super Bowl. Well, Ranger. luckily, those mornings, <laughs> those mornings he wasn't around, so it was fine. He balanced it out. Yeah, but, like, yeah, I do the same thing at home. Like, I don't want to stay up late. Yeah. I don't want to waste time when it could be with him or, 
you know, it's it's such an interesting kind of dynamic and changes your perspective on life because now it's like all the things I've always wanted in my life, I've completely lost interest yeah. in. It's crazy. You just want to make that 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 moment, that time more special. Like any time that I'm holding my phone and my son talks to me, I keep looking at my phone. I'm like, yeah. Dude, put your stupid phone down. Yeah. Don't need to DM this stranger how to get their <laughs> life together right now. And it's just like... Uh, uh, you, you read about when you read these autobiographies of some of the most successful like titans of industry if you read the last chapter it's always this i see i see a similar trend right i wish i had spent more time with my For child sure. i wish i spent more time with my family and i'm like damn i don't want that regret when no, i'm absolutely. like the last moments of my life yeah you hear and there's a i feel like there's a lot of that in social media right now that it's about hustle 24 7 i mean i'm not going to say any names but like some of the, the the main core people like they admit they don't see their kids during the week yeah and i'm like hey dude whatever your goals are that's on you but for me i'm trying to figure out how to grow as much as possible yeah by 5 30 p.m that's amazing and you have you have a full house yeah. it's a very different like we i want to get there and uh, we're, we're always constantly having that conversation. Like, how do you get there? Yeah. Managing time to do those things. Well, I did not plan any of these four kids except one, <laughs> the most recent one. <laughs> so I got here by default, dude. <laughs> All right, man. Well, last question, dude. How, how do you want to be remembered? Um, I think the thing that actually brings me the most joy is... is helping people kind of live out their entrepreneurial dream yeah um when i started our business with my partner very few people were helpful to us in fact i felt like they were the exact opposite of yeah. that and so i was like why there's so much room in the world for mm. everyone for a lot of people to eat and be successful and and have great businesses and great lives and I feel that like an intro I can make, a connection I can make, a piece of advice or experience I have, a vendor that I use could change someone's life. Yeah. Why wouldn't I do that? That's awesome, dude. And I feel like th I want I want the next generation of entrepreneurs to keep helping the the future generations. Yeah. And if I can be remembered for changing a culture of people to help each other in, in business, I mean, there's my focus is that because right. that's what I'm good at. And so I would love to pass that along to future entrepreneurs. That's what's up, man. Well, I think you're doing a great job so far. Thank you. Keep it up. Bonus question. Okay. What role does does mindset have in your life and and why do you think that it's a crucial thing to pay attention to? So being completely honest, I never thought about goals and mindset till recently yeah and i just lived life right right and i didn't i was never like i was a very i'm a very happy person and yeah. i live i've always best days uh, financially worst days financially yeah. i'm still happy yeah like it, i'm a grateful to just do what i get to do but the family perspective has changed that i have to be i have to maintain a certain level of focus right and have a mindset of like positivity yeah. and things like that constantly because I don't want that to reflect in my personal life. Mm. And so the mindset element that, you know, when I talk to people like yourself who are married, do, who have children, it's things like communication 
with your significant other. Right. Which, you know, people talk about all the time, but you don't. I didn't realize I'm actually a terrible communicator at home <laughs> until yeah. my wife pointed it out. And I used to get frustrated by it. Yeah. And then when I talked to other people, I was like, oh. Dick, dick, yeah, you're a dick. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like things like that. Yeah. It's like even setting goals. Right. I had never set a goal in my life until wow. this year. Man. And I wrote down and I sent it to all my customers. Wow. And I said, these are my goals. It's for everyone to hold me accountable to it. That's tight. And it was like drinking less, yeah. saving money, things that like you do. But like I was very specific on right. what I want to do. And I think that changed my perspective for me and holding myself even more accountable um, because I don't have an addictive personality where right. I like just go hard on something. I'm kind of, you know, just I move, move with the wind kind of yeah. situation. But I think ch having the concept of a mindset and goals now has really changed, I think, the way I'm going to perform this year mm. as as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, as a husband and father. So I think it's extremely important. It just took me my entire adult life yeah. to this point to figure that out. And because I was like, I'm happy. Right. What do I need to have a goal? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily people around me are happy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the realization that it's it's the secret weapon for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're going to succeed. Either way. Yeah. yeah. But I think when you really get that, you can actually direct yeah. where you'd like to go. And that's the thing is succeed at what? Yeah. Right. And so that now is clear. I, you know, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. And it's like that, that realization has changed my perspective on like, now it also makes me focused on what I should be spending my mm. time on. Because, you know, being an entrepreneur doing, it's like, we just, we just talked about it before doing this. It's distracting. Yeah. Doing, trying to be famous is distracting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing a great job, dude. But I think the overall theme in, in, in our mindset and setting goals and overcoming anything is like we said earlier, you know, focus on your goals, your, focus on your problems and your goals disappear. Yeah, Focus absolutely. on your goals, your problems disappear. Yeah, it's so true. And it's just, uh, I, I would say the biggest thing I've, I've learned from my parents is is just like the I, there's something about karma that makes people very patient. Mm. Even when I was we were getting beaten down, I would be like, "No, it's gonna work out for me." Yeah, I've never done anything to hurt these people or hurt anyone. I will get my reward. It may just take my entire life. Yeah. So I'm so at ease with that that like maybe my reward is my child and the life he lives. Wow. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. It, I don't need to be rewarded with fame and wealth and stuff like right. yeah it'd be nice yeah but if it doesn't work out it'll i'll be rewarded in different elements of my life and so you don't know where you're going to be rewarded i look at other people that have all the success that i wanted mm. and i'm not to say they're not successful but i when you reach at one level you want the next level new levels new devils exactly and i look at and then but i look at their personal life or their family life and i'm yeah. like oh i don't want that so it sounds like you know it's going to happen you're just going to keep doing what you've always done which is show up yeah that's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate the inspiration, the 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 rise to super superstardom. <laughs> it's inspiring me. It's, it's made me look at myself and say, you know what? I do need to de declare that I'm the greatest agent ever. Yes, uh, I'm. I'm gonna keep hyping that up. <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate that. These kids are expensive. <laughs> awesome, brother. Any last words? No, just be patient. It's that's such the name of the game. That's awesome, dude. That's amazing. 
Project Mindset, the most uplifting podcast on the planet with the most famous dude in the world, D. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> we are out, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 25, Project Mindset. Major, major shout out to my dude, D. Murthy, the most famous streetwear designer of all time i can't believe we were able to get him away from paparazzi and on our show thank you d man you dropped so many gems and thank you guys in advance for listening to the show as always thank you for sharing question for the day because what, what really stood out for me was when they had they had accounts calling for money they had all these things going on things shutting down but they had integrity and they went out and and they had some challenging conversations with people so that they could continue operating with integrity so my question for you is where may you be out of integrity and need to have some cleanup conversations where may you be out of integrity and need to have some cleanup conversations maybe it's in business maybe it's in family but I believe that where we are in one area is where we are everywhere. And in order to build a strong foundation, we've got to have integrity. That's what's really stood out for me with this interview. And I think if you can have that conversation, maybe there's some areas, maybe there's not. But if you really take an honest look at where you're at, and if there are some, I believe that your foundation will become even stronger by answering that question. So thank you guys again for, for tuning in as always. And I want to also make sure that you guys are aware of our new podcast, which is going to be coming up in about a week here. And it's called World's Greatest Agent. I have been in the real estate industry for about 20 years now. And I've had the opportunity to meet some of the most legendary real estate agents and brokers on the planet by the time I was probably 21, 22, I already knew over 300 agents that were earning well over a million bucks a year in this crazy thing called real estate. And some of these guys and girls are really some of the most remarkable people I've ever met. I am inspired out of my mind to introduce you guys to some of these people. The very first one, the man, the myth from Million Dollar Listing, my dude, James Harris. You guys are going to be really stoked on this interview. So keep an eye out for that. Follow at World's Greatest Agent on Instagram for more updates. Major shout out to my dude KP for always killing the game week after week. Go and shoot a follow to No Passion. If you're not following my dude No Passion, you're sleeping because I tag him about 50 times a week. K-N-O-W, Passion. Stay focused, stay inspired, keep killing it. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.